Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. When I'm live on the air, like I sound how I sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't go and fix it in post or anything like right, that. Right, right. But it no, might I be. get it. Because it took me a while to get adjusted to just headphones over my head. Because I used to be that type of guy yeah. where I would just wear those. So when we started doing this, it took me a while to get adjusted. I had those heavy ass beats. No, I, that's the, like I could never. Let's just start it with that. Uh, this is I forget which episode we're on. A very cavalier. Uh, I'm Eric Reeser. Matty Ice Hayes sitting across from me. We're coming to you on the 23rd of March right now. The Cavaliers are in the four seed in the Eastern Conference. And we said before I hit the record button that that's pretty much where they're going to be, right? It feels like that should be how we land this plane when we get to you know the finish line of the regular season. The Knicks right now four games back of our Cleveland Cavaliers, Brooklyn holding down that six spot barely because the Miami Heat are on their heels as well. So, yeah, it looks like we're going to get Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and our Cleveland Cavaliers in the four hole. And if you would have told me before the year that's where they would land, that would make some sense to me. I was, you know, when we first started this a while back, I was thinking, okay, I could see a top three seed. And then Philly turned it on hard and Maxi and beat and company figured it out. So it's no, look, that's not an L at all to be behind a team like that with those vets and that superstar power, but they're in a good spot. That's where you wanted to be to start the year. Top four seed in the East. That's a good place to be. I think so because just going into it all, and we started this podcast endeavor with the, holy bleep, the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell. Like (laughs) this is going to be incredible. But I think we we did take a step back and, and just try to temper Mm-hmm. expectations and be realistically when you add a, a player the caliber of Donovan Mitchell who I even heard you talking on your broadcast program Rothman and Ice today like he's already in like closing in on 300 oh, threes yeah, yeah. made for the season it's, it's ridiculous if he rides this thing out and let's say he is a calf for I don't know five more years okay he'll be top 10 easy in threes I think he and Darius Garland because Darius the other night in the game against Brooklyn uh, is ninth all time now I, I believe Darius, he will be, I think, number number one. LeBron's holding that thing down. But Donovan Mitchell in year one, to your point, right out of the gate, just cooking with hot grease offensively all year long for the most part. It's so funny. Whenever you and, – and we've been saying this a lot because, you know, Chetty's been on, on a three tear and he's climbing up the all-time, uh, all-time list of Cavaliers and threes made for that franchise. And, of course, Darius Garland's there. And whenever we – and this has been brought up several times – like, who do you think has the most made threes in Cavaliers franchise history? And everybody, almost everybody goes, well, it's probably not LeBron. And it is. It's him. And then I, I go back to thinking, like, there's the 05, 06, 07, mm-hmm. like, those dreadful years. He had to. He had to. And, you know? when, and when he came back from Miami, remember, that shot was better. That it was, was a the, lot better. A lot better, right? First portion of his career could just absolutely beat up people with his leaping ability, his speed, his power, all those type of things. Then he goes down to the 305 with D Wade and Bosch and comes back an even better player. So you're right. LeBron leaves this thing or leaves Cleveland again. Number one all time behind him is Kevin Love and shouts to our boy, Jetty Osman. I know top five all time. One, two, three, four, five. He's one, two, three, four, five, fifth all time. He, and three-pointers made in Cleveland Cavaliers history. 
That's big time right there. It's sneaky because you watch all these games, and he'll have games where he can light you up for four threes, five threes every once in a while. I've always liked his trajectory as a shooter, man. It seems like it's been getting better and better. He's a career 35% shooter from three in the Cleveland Cavaliers uniform, man. That ain't bad. No. That ain't bad. And, and so back to Mitchell, just real quick and just kind of trying to put into perspective what he's done in just year one with an offense, with a bunch of teammates that he's never played with, right. with guys that he's familiar with in terms of, hey, I, I see you, I see it games. Sometimes the Jazz played the Cavs, and that was the only time I interacted with you at all. Right. And so we knew that there was going to be some growing pains, and we had talked through the season of Evan Mobley trying to find his place offensively yeah. because, boy, as, as he if you had a gripe with him not winning Rookie of the Year last year, which is with his scoring and his defense – that that it was made almost worse. Like you were in your feelings even more as this season progressed, yeah. as he became, as he continued to be a lockdown defender, but as he continued to improve his scoring, even again with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, who takes volume from everybody, mm -hmm. he's still been able to find his time. Same thing with Darius Garland. Same thing with Jared Allen. Like all of these guys have had to kind of figure out their spot and their place in a brand new offense with someone that necessitates as much volume as Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And look where they've been able to do. It's incredible. Look where they've been able to go. Look what they've been able to do with it. To me, it's felt really smooth all year. Like early on, there were maybe a couple games where Darius and Donovan were trying to figure out. Sure. Late, you know, in-game type of situation. Who's going to be the guy? But that's supposed to happen. But for the most part, we haven't been having conversations of, man, this fit is just odd. It's just not working because it's it's a traditional front court in what you have, right? With two legitimate bigs that protect the rim. Yep. And especially right now with Evan, as you pointed out, still working his way through the offensive end of the floor and how, you know, he can carve out a role now with this team, but also his game in general, you know, that's only going to get better and better. And we've had stretches this year, especially in the second half of the season coming out of the all-star break to where Evan was cooking, man. And that's all you can ask for from him because of how special he is on the defensive end. Man, you get those games where he can give you 15 to 20 with elite defensive play. That's what's made this Cavs team uh, very, very special. But Darius is the one for me that, you know, he had the biggest adjustment, right? He, he had yeah. the biggest adjustment, and he's maintained his consistency as far as his role, what he knows the team needs him to do, moving the rock around. I mean, this guy's top 10 in assists, and that's so big time. I don't know how many guys could go from, hey, I – can be and was last year the leading offensive guy for my team to now I got to kind of be Robin. I'm the role player. I'm the role player, but I'm going to turn myself into an elite point guard and still find a way to do damage. I don't know if there's a whole bunch of guys that can do that the way DG has this year. So just the four of those guys, it's worked out really, really well. And you have to feel great about what they're going to be able to do as far as competing in the postseason. It's a tall, tall task dealing with what we know is the big three right now in the Eastern Conference. But all three of those teams have a big two. Some of them have a big three. But they definitely have a big two in Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. And to me, the Cavs definitely have that. But they've got two other guys as well that can be dominant all-star caliber players on any given night. Playoffs started today. Cavs would get the Knicks. Give me that matchup all day. Man, that would be a great matchup. You're talking about that backcourt with Jalen Brunson, Brunson, excuse me, and Emmanuel Quickly, who is in the sixth man of the year race right now, yes. who is a monster on the defensive end, trying to slow down our backcourt. Sign me up for that because that Knicks team, shouts to Tibbs, man. He's done a great job with this team this year. But you get a guy like Jalen Brunson, who a lot of people remember questioning that contract. 
Is there he going to be oh, worth yeah. his contract? It looks like that, that contract may be a little light with the way that Jalen Brunson is cooking right I now. I forget. Was it Brunson who was, if they were trying, they were trying to land Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And so the ask from uh, Utah was going to include, was it Brunson that they wanted? Remember last year where they sent the, well, we had two situations because you're right. They've always wanted Donovan Mitchell. He's from that area, New York guy, big Mets fan and all that. Remember a couple years ago now where Dallas, I'm sorry, the Knicks sent Julius Randle and a couple of those guys, and they sat front row at that Mavs right. playoff game. So I think probably when they started to feel like the Mitchell thing wasn't going to happen, they shifted over to Jalen Brunson. You know, the family ties are there with his dad and mm-hmm. all that stuff um, with the Knicks. So who knows how that works out in the future because that Donovan Mitchell-Knicks thing is always kind of going to be looming sure. over our head. But that matchup for sure, right out of the gate, and especially for us as fans, we get to watch playoff games in the Garden. Didn't get much better. Than no, that. no, that everybody wins there. And I think so. Looking at uh, this, the Knicks' first off was R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first round picks. Uh, okay. They went back and forth. The Knicks' final offer, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, two unprotected first round picks. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Cavs were able to seal the deal with Colin Sexton, Laurie Markin, and Ochai Ogbaji, three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. And by the way, real quick, Laurie dropped 40 last night. I mean, this is tremendous. He has been tremendous. Yeah, last night. He's my the, fantasy if the cap. Well, he's my he's my fantasy when I go to bed. Yeah, he's but just a, he's just a freak show. He's man. the one guy. I go, man. Could they have just done something to keep him? I know you had to get you had to give <laughs> him had up to, to get go because right. Real quick though, last three games for Larry Marketing. 38 points, 8 rebounds. 28 points, 10 rebounds. And last night, 40 points and 12 rebounds. Yep. I think he may have. Well, I don't want to say it's a lock, but he I think he has a good handle on this most improved player. I, I mean, he was an all-star. Yeah, man. So I, like, I'd say so. I think the Jazz right now are their 10th. So yeah. be would, interested to see what that looks like. But he he's deserving of that, of that award. Comeback player of the year, most improved, whatever they're throwing out there now. Larry Market is going to be in the mix. So I, it worked out for both parties. I think it's one of those rare trades to where Utah feels both really players, good. Both te- both right. Right, because then now if, if if the Jazz are sitting there and saying they've got Laurie and they want him to be part of their future, great. If not, someone's going to pay a pretty pay a pretty penny for mm-hmm. him. Yep. He's going to be worth it. And you flip these assets, which is something that coming into the year we all felt like they wanted to do. And yep. remember, out of the gates, they were one of the best teams in the West. Yeah, highest team in the West for Danny, a while. Danny Ainge like, what the hell are we doing? This yeah. is not the plan that I wanted. But yeah, former Cat Laurie Marker doing his thing. Because it would have been fun. And, and again, that's the, the fantasy of oh, if they could have had your backcourt of Donovan Mitchell, Ooh. Darius Garland, and then your threes, Laurie Markin, and mm-hmm. your fours, Evan Mobley, your fives, Jared Allen. Who's beating that team? I don't and think I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, especially in the East. That right. would that I would look at that starting five and that team that you just laid out and say, they get to the finals, I won't be surprised. No. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Because the thing with what you've seen over the past couple of weeks, and you had Ev- uh, Jared Allen, excuse me, out uh, a couple of games. You got that eye contusion. I think it was back March 10th. Yep. When Ben Adebayo Down hit him right in the eye. And, and you kind of saw, at least you did against the Sixers, to beat Philadelphia, to beat Joel Embiid, you need both Jer- Jared Allen and you need Evan Mobley. You yes. need to have both of those two players. Evan Mobley, as phenomenal as he is, as as good as he played against the process. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it was a foul that should have kicked Embiid out of the game. I but I also think that Mobley's <laughs> flop worked in Doc's favor. Yeah. Because Doc was able to, and, and Doc played that really well, having that challenge in the back of his pocket during the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and he threw that out there, and the flop, I think, pushed it in terms of wasn't really that egregious. You're on it. I agree with everything that you said. And when you talk about that matchup specifically, 
that gets dicey because when you when because we, we saw the game, remember that national uh, nationally televised game a while back, to where the first half was just ugly for like our twenty eight point hole the it Cavs dug themselves out ugly of ugly for yep. our Cavs. We saw that Evan's just a little light right now in the shorts. When it comes to dealing with Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid is just physical force. That everybody, to, right? Everybody in the pants. Correct. But when it Evan, comes to Joel Embiid, Evan especially. So yes. that matchup is worrisome there. But we'll get to that point when we get there. Yep. Can I shout out a guy? Right Absolutely. Now? Shouts to Karis LeVert right now. Yeah. This has always been a thing you and you I have talked at about. The deadline, someone to step up there. Correct. Because that was a move to where Kobe Altman. Could have used that contract to possibly bring in a vet or whoever they could have acquired with the Karis LeVert contract. They said, no, we're good. We're going to stick with them. And it's paying off right now because Karis LeVert has been really, really good recently. And he's been really good from the three-point line. And that combination, and we saw it in that last game against the Nets the other day, of Rubio off the bench with Karis off the bench, both of those guys hitting you with some good offensive output along with Jetty as well. Like those three, that's such a big deal. But Karras is the guy because he controls the game. He has the ball in his hands a lot alongside Rubio. But just the consistency of his offensive output right now is so great to see. And I'm hoping this continues over the next few weeks and hopefully even beyond that when we talk about the postseason because that's what it's going to take is that when DG's down, when Donovan's down, when these guys are getting their rest here and there in the postseason, just that offensive punch will keep them attached to these good teams that they're going to go up against or maintain a lead that they may have already. What's but that just, damn third quarter? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like You come out of half, and you're sitting some of your guys, you're giving them some rest, yeah. and teams are able to go on seven, mm-hmm. eight-nothing runs, and all of a sudden you found what could have been a two-point lead or what was a right. two-point deficit, and now you're down 10. Mm-hmm. Look at what the hell happened. Yeah, I know. It's it's a mess. So, no, I just wanted to bring that up, e, is that what we're seeing right now from the local product out of Pickerington yep. is exactly what J.B. Bickerstaff and this team needs, is that he's giving you efficient offensive games, he's spacing the floor from the three-point line, and he's still taking on that role of moving the basketball around um, to his teammates. When you look at the last four games for Karras, seven assists, six assists, three assists, and four assists, along with some efficient offensive play, that's what they need from him. And the good thing about what the Cavaliers have in front of them, I think you got seven left after what would be tonight's game, if the math on my fingers is correct. And go oh, look at that. It is <laughs> Brooklyn tonight. And then you've got Houston, Atlanta, New York, Indiana, two against Orlando, and then Charlotte. I mean, that's a that's a schedule to where you should be hitting your stride. Yes. Going into that Sunday, April 9th matchup at home yeah. to round out the season against the Charlotte Hornets. At you being the Cavaliers, one of the best home records in the entire association, mm-hmm. have this cakewalk of a stretch. Now, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is not the time to be taking extra rest days. Now, I think if you have a back-to-back, which I don't believe they do, no. They don't. They have two in Orlando, but it's the fourth and the sixth. They've got a night off on a Wednesday you're able to play everybody outside of, hey, something seriously bothering me. And then you're, you're, you're I mean, you're running into the play. You're For sprinting sure. into the playoffs. And to go back to your point about home court, cast 29 and eight. Yep. On their home floor this season. You know, I those magic games will not be comfortable. They're a team that's beaten Boston a few so times. Stupid. You're right. They just have that. They're just young. They're going to play well, they hard. They fought everybody in the league, it feels That's like. That's what I'm right? saying, man. So you get into these games with the magic. 
That's not an easy out anymore because Franz, Boncaro, that whole Markel Fultz has been a great bounce back story. But they should win those games. But I could see those being maybe dropping at least one or two. I could see like, it, especially eh. with the with the end of the regular season there. But to your point, you no doubt, man, have the ability with this schedule to have some momentum going into the postseason. And that's going to be very big. Because you th- I, th- I think they have to at least win at least one series. And go make it competitive in the second yeah, round. Because that's what you want going into the offseason to build off. Right. To say, hey, we got these young guys, but they know how to win a playoff series now. And with Donovan, he's got that playoff experience. The guy I'm curious about that I think can help out and he's out of sight, out of mind, at least I think he will be, is Danny Green. He, he can be a guy yeah. that can share and help these guys figure out how to go through that process since, since he's a champion. Because... I, I want to take off. I, I want to keep wearing my wine and gold glasses. I want to look at this through the prism of mm-hmm. why can't this team win the Eastern Conference? I th- here's where I'm at. I don't know if I fully believe E that the consistency from the bench unit will be there in the postseason. Yep. That's my only fear. Is is Karras going to keep this up? I that's, think that's another thing too. If you if you don't get Karras or Isaac to show up at all, that's it. That's it, man. And so, Jetty, we talked about how good he can shoot the three. Ricky, I think, will be fine with his ability to slow the game down and control the pace. But that's it for me. We know what we're getting from the big four. It's the guy you mentioned in Isaac, which we know that head coaches are going to say, okay, we're going to leave Isaac Okor open in the postseason. Yep. If we lose because he knocks down three threes, four threes, <laughs> we can live with that. He can. So that's what I think is going to show itself um, in, in the postseason. And it may work out. It may work out because right now those guys are playing pretty well. But that's the only thing that's giving me pause right now as far as saying for sh- I for sure feel good about getting into a series with Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, or in saying those guys can, can win four games. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Considering, uh, uh, we'll go maybe a little over the past month, it feels like the East is boring when you juxtapose it to what's all happening in the West. I don't know where we want to start first. Do we want to go teams around the Memphis Grizzlies or do we want to do Ja Morant? Let's let's eat our vegetables first and then we'll have some fun. To me, the vegetables right now are the Ja Morant situation. So he returns after a nine-game suspension last night. They're taking on the Houston Rockets again, probably without Ja uh, you don't you, well, without jaw you can win. I think Dylan Brooks was suspended one game because he's a complete idiot. He's hit his technical foul limit. Like how do you? I mean, so he gets a nice drive in a game earlier in this week yeah. against the Dallas Mavericks, and you shimmy in front of your bench. Okay, let me say Aren't this. Aren't you playing knowing how many tees you've got? Let me say this. Okay, you know I'm a big wrestling fan. I'm a heels guy. Okay? He's a heel. He might be the ultimate heel. We need this guy. Okay, so Draymond, I still think is king heel for a lot of people. But Dylan Brooks is trying to take the crown, and ironically enough, those two guys can't stand doing it against Draymond. <laughs> those two guys can't stand each other. So I'm not here saying I'm a fan of Dylan Brooks. I'm just saying, in every world, I like to have a real villain, and I think Dylan Brooks is well, that. They're guy. the most hateable team in the NBA right now. Oh, they just don't stop talking. No, they, they just don't stop talking. In the John Morant situation, look, obviously what the dude did was foolish. I have no issue at all. With a dude going to the strip club, covering the entire floor with money, eating food, having a girl on your Instagram lap. live. Do what you do. But when we start bringing in guns, we got a problem. Yep. We got a problem. So for John, look, I don't know his upbringing. I don't know his parents, even though I thought it was a bit ridiculous. His dad and his uncle, I believe, had on redemption hoodies. Yep. Like, okay. They're so like, his dad was sitting courtside of the game the previous night in, or in Memphis wearing a TM chain with 
a, a, a sweatshirt on with his son and himself and his brother. So Ja, his uncle, and T mm-hmm. was saying redemption. The chain, it. I don't care about. Fine, whatever. Your son wants to buy you a chain, whatever. If you want to have that type of swag, <sighs> do your thing. But the redemption thing, that's the wrong message. Yeah. It's the wrong message. This is not about redemption. Nobody wronged you. You stepped in it. Now you got to be a big boy and deal with the consequences. And to me, the consequences could have been a lot worse because you saw some of the ruling out there, E, that if that gun was on a team plane. It was 50. It's a 50 minimum. games. 50 games. Yep. 50 games. And that would have cooked them for the rest of the season. So they got lucky. Now this is just on jaw like it is for a lot of athletes, man, to just grow up. Well, so, Ja does this interview with um, Jalen Rose. Rose on ESPN, and Ja says it's not his gun. Okay. I, well, whose is it then? Whose is it? How now, many, like, I, so many follow-ups. Now, it, there is a world to where those guys, as we know, e, you got people around you. What did Chris Carter say? You got to have, what, a fall guy? You got to have a fall guy. So that, that's a real thing, okay? And it is. It's a real thing. And, yeah, and people shouldn't clutch their pearls and be like, How, why do they have guns? Well, people do. Well, and, and then... Okay, when you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars, there's crazy people out here. Yes. There's people willing to do crazy things to get attention and all those type of things. So I'm willing to give him some of that. This is just E. He's just a young guy, man. And and he's portraying. He's 23. He's got the world in his hands. He's the the face of a franchise. He's got sponsorships, endorsements with Powerade, with everywhere. His shoes are Nike. Nike, his first shoe's about to drop in eight days. His first shoe comes out on April 1st. Really bad time. So you just got a $200 million deal from Memphis. You and I were talking before we cracked the mics. It's not out of the equation that when John Morant retires from the game of basketball, if everything clicks off the field, if his shoes go through the roof, if he gets more endorsements, you rack up two more max contracts, you may be able to enter that billionaire club. Maybe. Yeah, I, I do think the next giant superstar, and, and I, I thought Ja was on that trajectory, is going to be a billion-dollar athlete. I mean, it's in play for him. So yep. you just don't mess around with this, man. Like, you can have a lot of that lifestyle without tapping into – some of the dangerous things in that lifestyle, okay? And he has nothing to prove to anyone as far no. as his image. You're John Morant. You're a phenomenal player. Kids love you. That's, that's another thing. love you. Everybody loves you. Do not fumble the bag over trying to portray something that maybe you're not. Back in January, I was at an Oklahoma – I was the, the Thunder Cavs game, mm-hmm. and there were kids in Morant jerseys. Mm-hmm. It's him. He's transcendent. It's the same way baseball felt about when Fernando Tatis stepped in it. Yep. Because those two guys, they're trying to make them the face of the league. Fernando Tatis, they had him on the cover of, what, MLB The Show. He's in all these commercials. He's he's an electric guy that people love and especially the kids love, and they try to make him the face of the league. Then he stepped in it. And to me, Jaws kind of that same way. There's other young superstars, but as as far as how polarizing he is, and you saw it with your own eyes. For these young dudes, it's 12, man. So, yep. look, he's back out there, and hopefully we're not talking about him doing anything like that because, man, like you're like you're hinting at, you could just mess up your entire career, and especially could be gone. financially. Because if you start bringing guns into it, you, you get less and less yeah. chances. Businesses are not going to be know? able to mess around with you at all. At all. So they are right now three and a half back of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, for the top spot in the West, I think with their win over the Rockets, they clinch the playoff. They clinch a playoff spot, mm-hmm. so they're locked. They're, they're locked into the playoffs. Real quick, let me hop in here because I think the the John Morant story has overshadowed two big losses for me. Brandon Clark out for the year with an Achilles. 
And Steven Adams is down right now dealing with an injury, and who knows when he's so coming he, well, back. Yeah, what is the deal with that? If he's coming back. Off the top of my head, I don't know what exactly. He, his, knee, his knee injury, uh-huh. he goes and gets stem cells injected into it. Yeah. And then it's a, we're going to reevaluate you okay. in a couple of weeks. Now, that's the new, we're kicking the can down the road. So, that, that we just saw it yesterday. What is that? We just saw it with Zion yesterday. Like, the Pelicans came out and said, we're going to reevaluate Zion again in two weeks. Just tell us he's done for the year. I, at this point, you should put him on the shelf. Yeah, just put him on the shelf. So with Steven Adams, he, I don't know if he comes back. We know for sure Brandon Clark won't be back. And, you know, that's a key rotational bid yeah. for him. He's been a good player since coming out of college. But, yeah, that that's big, though. So they still have their big three intact, right, with Bain, obviously Jaw. And when you look at Jaron Jackson, who had an incredible game, but I think that's a sneaky Played really well in Jaw's absence. I mean, he's been playing really well all season, but even with Jaw out for that suspension, it was JJJ yes, man. who was carrying them because I kind of thought there would be a drop-off, but nope. The key for him playing is well. just stay out of foul trouble, man. Yeah. It, it, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's I think he leads the league in blocks. He, he, he's such a force. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to win um, defensive player. Yeah, he leads the league in blocks. He was three it. a game. It's pretty good. Three blocks a game. And, and so. so Memphis is a team, I think, that I would, if they can get it all together, mm-hmm. and yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. right now at your favorite sports book, whatever that might be, has the best odds. Okay. Um, to DPOY, Brooke Lopez, Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. are the three that are below him. Nick Claxton, Evan Mobley's getting, what's it, the sixth best odds there. Also, Jared Allen, Joel Embiid. I mean, like those are dudes, and are dudes, Jared man. Jackson Jr. is the odds-on favorite, yeah. and he's running away with yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it's his. I think it's his. So I'm with you on the feel of Memphis. They've been in the postseason. They've battled out, uh, battled it out. Because Denver doesn't feel <laughs> solid right now. They felt really good to me earlier like in, in the January. Year. Right. Was the but last time I was like, yeah, Denver. Here right now, like, I don't know if I feel good about saying they're the team that I like most to come out of the West. Because like, we talked, I mean, we talked about it with the Cavs. It's so important to, at this point of the season, be hitting your stride. No doubt, man. And be, be having, if any questions, they just be, well, once this guy gets healthy, mm-hmm. they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. For my knowledge, the Denver Nuggets are healthy. They are. They are. Remember, Jamal Murray was really good for a while, and that's kind of fizzled out just a little bit. I still think they have the ability to turn it on because I do like their team. But if you're asking me today, like who do I like to come out of the West now because of this Paul George injury and the uncertainty as far as when he's going to be able to get back out on the floor. He's done, isn't he? I think Woj left a little room. Possibly. We're talking just about that about Zion. It's like, I I know we know Paul George's history. Like, that's the key there because you're talking about history as well. So that's a great point out of you for sure. When you talk about history with a guy with injuries, and it's a shame but let's stick in reality here. I need you to help me out because my mind keeps coming back to the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. And Sacramento's a great story. They're phenomenal. They're arguably the best offense to watch, or at least the most entertaining offense to watch with the way they fly. They scored 176 on the Clippers the other night. It's ridiculous. How many? What are we doing here? It's ridiculous. But I keep coming back to E Phoenix and Golden State. And, I know Katie's right now. You can't quit the Warriors, can you? I just, man, when they get in the tournament, they know how to get it They just need to get in. They're horrible on the road, (laughs) okay? The Golden State Warriors this year are 9-29. and They got a big one last night in Dallas. And I don't care. I just don't care. And I know that I should. I just don't. I watched them do this last year. Now, I have to throw this in there. Andrew Wiggins, out of sight, out of mind. 
There's wild rumors floating around about what's really going on with him. That dude was the second best player for them in the finals. So if that's not there, that's a big problem. But Phoenix with KD, Book, and CP, man, I don't know how I can go away from it, man. I don't know how. Well, let's what 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 are we gonna get with Durant? Thirty you know? a night. Well, I, when? <laughs> I get that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the when is the right question to ask. You're asking the right question. Because that was ugly. I mean, what, it, was. it was two weeks ago. Which or? is wild. We had it back to back nights. It was KD, and was it Kaminga? Somebody that sounds did, right. Somebody did the exact same thing in warmups and tweaked their angle ankle the next night. Whatever. We don't got to get caught up in that. But the KD win question is real. So I'm assuming right now, maybe I'm wrong to assume that he will be back. But if he does come back, Phoenix, to me, they got the goods. And Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, the Clippers are banged up. All the other teams scratching and clawing to get into the play-in. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think this is going to come down to two of the best players in the West and Stephen KD. And I'm hoping that I want to see it. That's what I want to see. That's what I, well, you know I want I, more you, Devin Booker against everybody. You know what I want to see, and you're not going to like this. Say it. I want the king in AD. Of course. Of course. Everybody does. I want LeBron in the playoffs. Just because their team is good. Their team is good now. D'Lo's back. I think so. Their te- they got a good team now. I, I'm okay with calling the Lakers good. So you get those two guys healthy, which has been a massive if with yep. both AD and LeBron. But just with this team, I want to see those two stars go up against the likes of some of the teams that we're talking about because I think those would be amazing series. So Lakers right now are on the bubble. They're on the bubble. They're on that 10 slot right now. Picked up a huge win last night. Huge win last night uh, against the, the Suns without KD and, and Aiton. But the West is still jam-packed. Minnesota, Oklahoma City, uh, Dallas right now. I mean, the, there's the, a log jam. It's, it's a, like a game and a half, two games separating these teams, right? It's like a Phoenix is 10 and a half back of Denver. But then you go down to Portland's 16 and a half back. New Orleans, 13 and a half. Utah, 13 and a half. Los Angeles, 13. Dallas, 13. Like, it's this crazy. next seven game stretch or seven, eight games, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight games for the re- for the rest of the league are going to be so entertaining yeah. in the Western Conference, more so than uh, any of us could have imagined because we could have never seen this coming at I the like, beginning of the season, no with how the sh- how the shift just happened in one week. Right. The West has been amazing here lately. It's been great, man. It really it really has. And just real quick, going back to the Lakers, E, I like to ask myself in sports, the would I be shocked if this happens question. No, I would not. And this is just me. Be shocked if we are talking about the Lakers in the finals this year. I won't be shocked. That's not the betting favorite. Because it's LeBron. It's LeBron. I wouldn't be either. And we've seen the formula. And to me, the formula is another star that's competent and available and ready to go. And role players that will not screw it up. That formula has worked for years with LeBron. And I think they have the opportunity to throw that formula out there in the postseason. If AD is AD and we know he can be 25 and 10 guy yep. with D and Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley and, and Austin Reeves, Mayo Mamba's the Austin nickname. Austin Reeves. Mayo Mamba? Serving up 35 points Crazy, in the game. Right? But, but that team, Good all I'm him. saying is it's a competent roster around it's LeBron. Great Clips haircut. It's amazing. I love Austin Reeves. He's going to get the bag this offseason. Mayo Mamba, Hillbilly Kobe. Like the nicknames are ridiculous. Mayo Mamba Reeves. had not heard until you just said that. Oh, that I, is, I just that saw, is tremendous. I just saw it yesterday floating around online. So that was the first time so I heard there, it. Too. There are several reasons why I do, I do want the Lakers in this because anytime LeBron's involved, it adds. Yeah, man. And, and we, this is, I, I think, to 
for any NBA fan, this is exactly what you want right mm-hmm. now. You don't, of course, want injuries. I don't think no. I need to preface this with that. Mm-hmm. But you want chaos. That's what we want. We and want, you want the idea that you could get LeBron, KD. You could get oh. Steph, Clay. Yes. I mean, you could get Ja, and you could get all of these super yes. duper stars in the playoffs. Luca, Kyrie, like let's go, e. It's fun. It's fun, and I think we are in for uh, a pretty good run. I'm trying to see the. Cav- I don't think do the Cavaliers play on the last day of the season. Oh, I think their last game. That's our last game against Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, what is that? The the ninth of yeah. April. Does the season end on the ninth? Feels right. All right, so we got. Let me see. What we got going on? April fifteenth. Okay. April 11th is when the play-in starts. Okay. April 15th um, is the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So I was trying to see. I think it's two days. It was. I, think it, I thought it was one day after the final game of the regular season. So looking at this April 9th schedule. I'm stupid. We got a whole day of matinee basketball on the 9th. Yes! Whole day of matinee basketball. Love the latest basketball. game to tip on the 9th is 3.30 p.m. Because so, this is what we need. We need the madness when it ends. You can mm-hmm. go right. You can roll right into NBA playoff basketball. No doubt, man. I can't wait. And then you've got, well, of course, this time next week, we'll be talking opening day. Mm-hmm. So a wonderful, honestly, the, the nerd who wrote It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year when he was talking about Christmas, I think it's an absolute idiot. <laughs> this is the most wonderful time of the year. We will do this again next week. We will keep chipping away week by week until... Cavaliers are in the NBA Finals. Let's go, baby. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to.